Welcome to What the Ruck USA, a pod by a Kiwi guy living in the wastelands of North Dakota who is just super excited about the growth of rugby in the US. My name's Justin, I'm here with uh, here on Season 1, Episode 1, with my wife, Krista. Hey! Uh, Krista's a freelance journalist who's been stuck watching rugby with me for the last decade and a half, and she knows an awful lot about bad ref calls by now. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sometimes they even wake me up in the middle of the night because of the time difference between here and New Zealand. I grew up in New Zealand, played a little high school rugby, but I was never really a player as such. But I am passionate about the game, especially now that it's my uh, key connection back to, to back home. I've watched Eagles play and been excited about their, raise, their rise in the Seven series, uh, and uh, was really excited about the Pro League when it booted up a couple of years ago, and then crashed and burned. Um, I think rugby's the greatest sport ever. Uh, it deals in fitness and teamwork in a way that just about nothing else around does, and it brings a, a delightful brutality to the contact zone. Um, with the sporting culture of the U.S. and all the population and the resources that we have here, even though rugby's been played here for many, many years, I think there is a huge untapped potential, and we could see the U.S. on the top of the world in just a generation. Um, I'm just here to try and push some of the enthusiasm for the game to unlock that potential. And uh, here we go with the episode one. This is going to be painful to look at. <laughs> with that, on with the show. Alright, so uh, let's talk about some, some news uh, in, in the first part of the, of the pod here. Uh, we're going to start with club championships. Club championships were uh, held this Saturday and Sunday at Emirates, sponsored by Emirates Airlines at Infinity Park in uh, Glendale, Colorado. Yep. Um, the cup finals were held for the women's division one and men's division one, two, and actually women's division one and two, and men's division one, two, and three. Uh, division one men's Mystic River Rugby uh, won in a tight one over the Belmont Shore Rugby. And they did that even though in the 47th minute they lost their outside center to a red card due to a shoulder to the head of a Belmont player. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> uh, Division 1 Women's Life West Gladiatrix smashed the Raleigh Venom. Ouch. Division 2 Women Charlotte Rugby won out over the St. Louis Sabres. And Division 2 Men, the Denver Barbarians, just held out in a win over the Detroit Tradesmen. And Division 3 Men won by the Austin Blacks in a final versus the Long Island Rugby. Also on this past weekend was a huge sevens rugby uh, tournament in Pennsylvania. It was a Penn Neutral Collegiate Rugby Championship, and the main event, f event featured 24 men's teams, 16 women's teams, uh, all divided into 14 pools. Lindenwood University, champs of both men's and women's divisions. They must have a super awesome program going this year. Yeah, I, you know, they, they look great out there. Uh, the National Small College Rugby Sevens Championship held at the same time in the same tournament. Uh, and the new champions are Claremont. Claremont. Yep. There uh, was a high school tournament that went along with that as well. It was. I couldn't find any information and, and didn't see any of the, of the games there, so nothing to report. But there was a bigger 30-team high school tournament as well. Uh, the U.S. is sending 23 teams to the Bingham Cup. 
the Mark Kendall Bingham Cup, the biennial world championship of gay and inclusive men's and women's rugby, is returning this year for its ninth edition, nine years, that's awesome, um, with the United States sending 23 teams to Amsterdam to participate. Uh, the tournament's festivities will begin on June 2nd, oh, they began yesterday, with match play beginning June 8th, running through to June 10th. That's crazy. 23 teams. How big is that tournament? <laughs> That's pretty if crazy. The US if the U.S. is sending 23. Many, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, London Sevens just wrapped up. Uh, the USA won their pool and advanced the knockouts, but they were eliminated by New Zealand. Uh, Fiji, the eventual winners in a match against South Africa. Um, the uh, American player, Martin, and I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Iosefi? Iosefo? Iosefo? Sure. Tied at the top of the DHL Impact Player Performance Trackers, uh, he's tied up with four, uh, three other uh, folks in the uh, in the tournament for the most uh, the highest performing player. Uh, his is mostly for huge carry and offload game, uh, rather than the tackles, which his other competitors are, are leading the, the point scoring on there. We had a uh, an international match in Washington D.C. this weekend. Um, the uh, South African centre team is their B team. It was pretty shocking uh, and a little bit disrespect yeah. disrespectful, I think. Uh, but they've got a huge tournament in back home starting next week, so I don't think they wanted to travel all of their A players. Uh, and consequently, they lost to Wales uh, in a tight one that went right down to the whistle. Uh, we just wrapped up the last round of Major League Rugby before the Eagles head off to camp. So, uh, internationals started for uh, for the whole world this weekend. Eighteen major league rugby players are at Eagles camp. Will be uh, will not be available for their teams for the next four weeks. So that'll be um, interesting to watch how that works out. Um, what do you What do you think about that? So <laughs> it's a tough one. It's the way it works, right? International rugby always has priority. They've, it's sure, but when they're already just starting out, that seems like a pretty big loss to lose their biggest players to international rugby for four weeks right at the end of a really short season anyway. Yeah, no, I I agree that it's... I, I don't know which way I think it should go, but there it's definitely not cut and dried whether... Uh, well, they just could have timed it better. Yeah, and... They could have timed the Major so League Rugby They could have timed the Major League better. Rugby season better, but this year they're tied up because the Pro League contract ended and they oh, started gotcha. the Major League season, like, as soon as that ended. Well, but how do they decide how many weeks to run? Because they're running for a weird number of they weeks They are running... Well for a weird number. It's, it's like everybody plays everybody and two so, others yeah, yeah. Uh, and play two teams twice or something. So strange. it is a strange setup. I, I don't know why they chose that way. And I hope that next year uh, they're able to start the season earlier because they don't have the, that whole contract issue. Is a break there an option? If they were playing for longer, could they take a break when their teams are off to play? Yeah, I don't know. I suppose they could. That's what they're doing in New Zealand during the Super Rugby. The, the, the Southern Hemisphere during Super Rugby, they don't play Super Rugby at all because it's just too much of a drain. Well, plus you're dividing up the fan base as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So are fans going to go and watch the Major League teams without their stars when there's an international game playing at the same time? And I think that's the biggest question, considering the nascent nature of, of, of MLR Rugby, is that they're just... Like, it's inaugural season, and eh, you want to do absolutely everything you can to uh, uh, to encourage the, the engagement here. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
So I'm going to... Talk about encouraging this. Yeah, game. stick a little opinion piece in here, and I'll do it regularly, sort of whatever I'm thinking of at the moment. Um, and, and this being Season 1, Episode 1, um, it's about the growth of the game. And I believe strongly, I said it in the intro there, that, that US could be on the top of the world. We have, we have the resources, and we have... A sports mad nation, honestly, oh in gosh, ways that people other people love their sports. Well, look they, at what's going on in Seattle, right? People love their sports. Crazy, and you fill stadiums like nobody's Everybody's business. Wearing the jerseys. High schools. <laughs> they, there's, there's turnout for high school sports. Oh my like, gosh! Everyone like, goes to the high school games. It's um, a social event. Well, we're out here in the middle of nowhere, and yet when our kids were coming up, there. There were always full stands at every, whether it was volleyball or wrestling or football or whatever we went to, it was always crazy engagement. And, and I am so excited about that because of what that means if we can build rugby up. There's a generation of kids now that are going to see rugby as a thing. Um, and I, the I mean, growth, rugby's been a thing. It has. Like, so I grew up seeing, I mean, I had a couple of friends who played rugby. Um, but it wasn't like a cultural norm in the fact that now that there is a professional version the of the thing, sport. I think there are 35,000 kids, high school kids registered to play rugby at the moment. That's crazy. That's, I wonder like, what that number was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but they don't go on to see it as a, as an advancement place because there's no pro sport. And that's, that's the downside of, of, of American sports in my opinion is, is the, uh, it's, very um, pay to play. Like, mm. you, you, it, it's all about the payoff. Right. Um, you do the well, thing. Well, but you know, college scholarships and all those sorts of things. If, if that's how kids are getting into college, then, I mean, there's there's another side mm -hmm. of that as well. Yeah, there is another side of that. But whatever it does, whatever it takes to to get, mm. and you you work with the culture you've got, and that's the culture here. So I'm excited to see kids growing up and thinking that kicking a rugby ball around and. Uh, in the backyard is just a thing you do. And well, our kids certainly did. And thinking about the bonding experience of getting to go to those games. So you and our son drove drove and took a train halfway across the country to Chicago to go see you know, the All Blacks when they were here. And if that's a much more accessible bonding activity between you know, yeah. a parent and their kids, then that's going to make it a much more cemented part of the culture, I think. Yeah. And so, this generation, I mean, we now have pro sport, pro rugby, it's an option. Uh, a generation away from, from like, the U.S. being a major, major player. So in, now we just need to figure out how to build a strong following. Yeah, we do have to figure out how to build a strong following. And the Seawolves... So, yeah, so my, my home team <laughs> has been rocking it. I mean, you see those fans and they are... They're all wearing the merch. What did we just... We just heard that they did a $25,000 $25, weekend. Day. Oh. Um, yeah, so everybody's, you know, everybody's wearing their green and blue because that's what Seattle likes to do. Um, but they're... I think that's a big showing that they've invested in the team, right? They're not just wearing their Seahawks jerseys to the to the Seawolves games. Yep. They're wearing Seawolves jerseys, and they have, you know, spent that money on the merch because they think they're going to be around, and they think they're going to be fans, and they're going to be a part of it. And they made that choice before there was any team really to follow. I mean, they might be at the top of the bracket now, but they weren't when, you know, the fans started making that decision. Right, and the Sabercats, who 
have a long-standing team, and mm. who, by the way, I have selected the Sabercats <laughs> as my that's team. Your... I've done that, like that's uh, almost like throwing a, a dart, but what I didn't have, a, I don't have a home, so uh, so I just picked them, and I'm going to back them, and I'll be a Sabercat lifer. Um, but they have they have a history, they have a, a club that that goes back. They had a lot of preseason, and they're not getting the turnout. So, so is that cult, that local culture? So that comparison. You know, Houston has some professional sports, but not the strong history of, of professional sports that Seattle does. Um, they don't have that already ingrained culture that's already been created. I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. But also, just from looking at their websites and the way that they're professionally being handled, Seattle's being handled much better. Right. Um, you know, they're they're out there with their their nice website with everybody's got a bio. I you know I tried to pull bios and I could only find them for three teams. Um, and, you know, Seattle is, is definitely making that happen, whereas maybe the Austins and the Houstons aren't, but I'm sure that's a money issue. Yeah, it could be. It could money be a training issue as well, and that's why you have the, the overriding body, the, the rugby board of whatever it is, the U.S. US Major League Rugby is, is the overarching um, organization there, so they need to be grabbing what's working from right. all the teams. Learning and then some social media management, learning some, you know, getting that news out there. I mean, it's not news anymore a week later. So when, you know, there's a game on Friday, there should be a story Friday night or Saturday. But and I, some of the teams are doing that, and some of the teams are not. They are. MLR is definitely doing that. Some of the teams are better than others. Uh, at it. But MLR, the, the, the today's game is already written up as a as a story and and is up on the up on the website. Uh, it wasn't there when I started putting the, the the materials together for tonight, but that's that was shortly after the game. So and they're doing a, a good job as well of aggregating news from other places. Um, like we read that uh, that really fun story about Bill Clinton playing uh, rugby gr coming up, <laughs> and that that came from because it was aggregated by the Major League Rugby page. And and George Bush. Well, and George Bush, but Bill Clinton was the big like the what they were pulling in yeah <laughs> he played at oxford so that was pretty exciting all right a quick one on laws of the game we'll probably stick one of these into the opening section of of every uh, pod as well so what i want to talk about right here is the tackle player tackling the player without the ball uh, in rugby it's illegal to tackle the player without the ball which obviously just means you can't sorry you can't tackle a player who doesn't have the ball. What that flows into is um, is that that's not just a law, but it's a concept uh, to the game as well. So you can't interfere with any player who is not holding the ball. You can't block anyone. Uh, you can't run behind one of your own players to uh, uh, so that you can't be tackled if you're holding the ball. You... So no sack in the quarterback. No sacking the quarterback. <laughs> well, so the the rule about not and, and the the equivalence of that is to... tackling the halfback. You're not allowed to tackle a halfback at okay. a ruck situation, and that is because in a ruck, everybody that's on the ground is out of the game, and unless the halfback has picked up the ball, he's not carrying the ball. If somebody's bound into the ruck, they're you're allowed to hit them to try and clean them out. But if he's not, if he's standing behind the ruck and not bound to the ruck. He is a player just, that... Just devil's advocate a bit. You want to explain what the ruck is? 
sure on in this one, because we could end I mean, up going through every well, because law you're and saying concept if they're the behind game. the ruck and whatever. But if you don't know what the ruck is, you can't. Sure. So the ruck is what that means. after the tackle. After the tackle, it's the dog pile on the ground where everybody's uh, trying <laughs> trying to get the ball out. Uh, and you're not allowed to mess with the ball when you're on the ground, but you are allowed to be over the ball to protect it for your team. So you're holding on to the team, holding on to the players on the ground to, to protect it, so that your your halfback can then distribute the ball out from the ruck. And that's when it turns into the big wrestling match. That's the big wrestling match on the ground, and that's when, uh, yeah, so that's a phase of play. At every ruck, that's a new phase of play, um, like a down, effectively, uh, only there's an unlimited number of them. Uh, but you can't touch the, the halfback unless he's holding the ball. So even though he's close to the ruck, you often see a player trying to clean out and take the halfback out. Uh, if he's not bound to the ruck or holding the ball, you can't touch him. That's part of the tackling the player without the ball rules. You might have to draw us a picture later. Uh, yeah, I'll draw a picture right here on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, ESPN, man. I just feel like they're not showing the love. Yeah. So so they have that exclusive contract. So they announced um, in March or April that mm-hmm. they had an exclusive contract and they were going to be the exclusive home of Major League Rugby. But when you go to their website, you have to dig and dig to find rugby at all. And then when you do find rugby... You don't find Major League Rugby. <laughs> I, I spent a while digging around trying to find you know anything, any connection. Um, and there are ESPN stories being written somewhere, but they're not being connected back to a menu. And then they're not even playing all the games. Yeah, and that's that's the more frustrating thing. We're, we're cord cutters. We don't have cable here. We don't have um, uh, satellite either. Uh, we're just all internet-based. And ESPN had the contract. Fantastic. That's, cool. We're, we're, so we got and we can get this Plus. ESPN Plus thing that's like we're really digging this, this service. Um, oh, it turns out that a number of the games aren't available on ESPN Plus, and so... And this weekend, that meant that we didn't get to see Seattle play. I'm sorry to <laughs> have that happen to you. Uh, yeah, so we're we're frustrated and we're not able to see all the games. Um, we'll, we'll pick them up on, on YouTube in a few days. <gasps> and their fantasy rugby thing! <laughs> what the heck was that, dude? So if you go into rugby on their webpage and then you click on fantasy rugby, it takes you to a major league soccer... Page. No, not okay. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Totally. Like, New Zealand's the same thing as Australia, right? Mm. <laughs> it just walked across the street. Okay, so uh, that'll wrap up our news and banter section. And we will move on to uh, a roundup of this weekend's games. Uh, first up on Friday in uh, Round Rock, Texas at 91 degrees. Oh, excruciating. Austin Elite. At home, 41 versus the Utah Warriors on the road. Warriors went in with a good record, and they uh, they they looked good going in. Um, the Elite had a win last week, but uh, I wasn't sure that they'd kick on. Um, but they did. Both teams look really good. Um, and it's exciting, honestly, to have have me thinking that the that Elite wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't be able to, to, to follow through with a second uh, second win in a row um, and be completely proven wrong. Uh, the fact that all the teams, any team, even the Sabercats, on the right day could beat any of the other teams, um, I think is is really good for the competition. Uh, the Sabercats don't have a lot of wins, but they're there, and they're there in, in performance, and, and this Austin-Utah uh, game, I think, showed that. Um... The first two tries by Utah 
I think showed some um, immaturity on defense by Austin, and that's a work on. A tactical thing. Yeah, right. You get a player rushing up, uh, thinking he can make a spot tackle or an intercept, um, and unfortunately what that does is it, it leaves a hole, and you've got some nimble-footed guys on the other team that can weave right through that and go through the hole that you've left in the line. If, if you hold your line, um, that's better on defense. But, but, you know, they're playing every week against professional teams now, and that's it's just got to get so better. They, yeah, they'll improve quickly, you would think? Experience. Uh, Utah, on the other hand, <laughs> showed a, uh, a marked lack of dispen- d- discipline when the pressure was on. So it wasn't just that they're... So on the one hand, uh, uh, the elite needed a little more maturity, which is going to come with more games. But Utah needed some cooler heads. Um, but that's a thing that happens in all professional rugby. When things aren't going your way, you'll definitely see people who are not able to keep that under control. Yeah, yeah. And so that is a cultural thing that needs probably some work. Yeah, it needs work. That's the thing that, that you, you do see that in all professional rugby, but you don't see it from the winning dynasties. Sure. And that's, so that's you have to the, get that under control if you want to be winning. Exactly. You're, calm heads, calm heads, because when you're feeling under pressure, you can't go making silly mistakes, uh, dangerous and and willful stuff that gets you penalised and yellow cards and uh, and it leads to scoreboard pressure which just makes it worse so you gotta you got to get that under control um, and I'm going to butcher a name again uh, yeah the French guy Guillemin oh, I think is he, French? Okay, um, sorry, he looked great uh, I thought he would take man of the match his kicking wasn't quite as on song as it, it could have been but he drove uh, he, he drove the elite around the field in in a way that just looked great. I thought he was going to take man in the match. And then they gave it to the South African. Mm. Uh, so talk about butchering names. The tries. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we're going to go through them. Uh, Zinzan Ellen Pudik had two tries. Yep. And then Alex Faison Donahue had one. Pedri? Pedri? Uh, Wannenberg had one. And Marcus Walsh had one. And then on the Utah side... <laughs> Those are some names. Oh, there's some island boys in there. I, I see that. Lauti. Hey, Tavita, I can say his yeah. name. Yeah. Tavita uh, Tamalau. Lauti got one. Uh, Tui Nui. Nu, Nui. Oh, man. Tavita Tamalai. We're going to have to make some friends learn these names. We are going to need to do a Say My Name uh, <laughs> for, for American MLR rugby. Uh, okay, on to Saturday's game. Houston Sabercats at home to the Seattle Seawolves. Seven points to 20. Not a um, high-scoring game. Not a high-scoring game. Really defensive from what I was able to see highlights and uh, um, and, and the news articles I read. Um, and then, again, that's Seattle dug into that culture mm-hmm. and that um, we're able to draw on that in a way that some of the other teams just haven't gotten together yet. Yeah, and I really do think that there is a good culture there. They, like, they understand the teamness of it. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, the uh, Phil Mack... The, I was just saying, does that come from partly from having a player coach? No, because... Or maybe just a good player coach. Because uh, Austin also have a player coach okay. um, uh, who's on uh, one of the Eagles. Um, and you just don't see... You know... No. It's, I don't think it's okay. just that. I don't think it's just oh, that. I didn't mean this, just this that. Culture. I just wondered if that was a piece of it. Yeah, there's, there's great culture there. They care about the team. Right, Phil Mack was talking about... For the love of the the logo, right? For the you know, the Seawolves name, the pride in in putting that pulling that jersey on, and and 
and that. And so that certainly helps when you're on defense. It helps you backing up your other players. You put your body on the line in a way you might not. So uh, Seawolf's great. It's community culture. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like together we're one. Yeah. And, and, and they, so that's really, their line, right, isn't it? They have a, they have a tagline, the, the wolf pack something yeah. like as, as one um, I don't know but if you're gonna get your blue and green you sorry. probably should know I was I mean I was born blue and green I can't really help it <laughs> um with all the defense and the sa- the Sabercats had had the um the Seawolves pushed for a while there and a, and a string of penalties but we're seeing something Together we hunt. Together Sorry. we hunt. <laughs> Had to uh, look it up. We're seeing if, uh, uh, an attitude in MLR, which I'm seeing in, in Super Rugby from, from back down south as well, that we want that try. We want that try so badly. that, And I think it's probably because of the, the points system, the, the mm-hmm. bonus point Getting system. Getting a bonus point for four. Yep. Um, it, and it's bonus point for four tries in in MLR, which means both teams can potentially get it. Uh, you could get, you could lose the game, but get a bonus point for being close, mm-hmm. and a bonus point, and a bonus for, point getting for, for getting four tries. Yeah. So it's so possible to lose a game and come away with two points. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, I think perhaps we find teams pushing for tries when they should be taking points on offer, especially with a kicker. What like, do you mean when you say taking points on offer? Well, kicking? the kicking, the penalty kicking, so a field goal. Um, take, taking three points when they're available. Sam Windsor is a fantastic kicker, and they should have relied on him, perhaps to uh, to kick those three point penalties. I don't know how much difference it would have made at the end of the day, but there was multiple penalties that they could have, and they kept trying to drive the line mm-hmm. instead of taking uh, points there. So, uh, so looking at who scored tries there. Uh, this is the thing that I find interesting about Seattle that their individual players are not the top ones in the league. They're not the this you know you don't have, don't have any rock stars in there who are scoring time after time after time. Uh, Brock Stoller didn't score a try this week, and he's the only one in the top five um, in most of the stats for their team. Uh, the ones that did score tries were uh, Phil Mack, that player coach that we were discussing earlier, and Peter. Sorry, dude, Tib- Tiberio. <laughs> Looks good to me. Then, I'll take Charlie Hewitt right, for the Sabercats. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so proud. Uh, Charlie Hewitt scored the the only try for the Sabercats, and he scored it while uh, the Seawolves had two players in the bin. Oh, wow. um, then there was another almost try during that same period, mm. uh, but uh, uh, I had an opportunity there. Suniula, the uh, the Seawolves captain, um, still on the field, made a try saving tackle, and not just crushed the try, but crushed the momentum, mm. and then Which the Sabercats never, yeah. never got back in it. All right, last game today? Last game. We watched this afternoon. But Nola no- Gold. Nola Gold went down to the Glendale Raptors, 47-10. At, at home. That's that's a little bit brutal. But it was so hot, and that you could tell that everyone just, was just so exhausted. They, I mean, And, of course, that means that conditioning could probably be better. But either way, the weather was so brutal. I mean, uh, it was I'm, I horrible. You know, I've seen... I would be like lying on the ground somewhere, not trying to play rugby in that. Heat, so. <laughs> I've seen ple- people complaining about the hydration breaks that are being played in MLR. Oh, the, the, but the... they sure need it if they're playing down there in the south in the summer. 
Exactly, it's the summer. I mean, I think that's the key thing that anybody who's complaining right. about them is, is forgetting, is that is that this is a, a winter and autumn game, uh, but we're playing it in the summer, and we're playing it in places that are hot right, on right. top of playing I mean, it in the, the summer. I mean, the weather in the winter would probably be perfectly fine, but yeah, they definitely need those, those breaks. And so maybe if next year's schedule... Uh, allows them to move the calendar forward, then that helps with this as well. But have they established that as the way they play? I don't know. They've done a really lot of good stuff establishing this mm -hmm. year. Uh, the the MLR um, setup has has been really good, especially so who's complaining about those pro. Oh, just, just people who I just, are just rugby. Chat, I'm just seeing chatter on yeah, Twitter and, and sure. Reddit. I'm just wondering if that's people who are rugby aficionados who, you know, they certainly don't take those breaks. They never stop in Super Rugby. That's well, just not something that no, happens. No, but I've seen them... You see the water on the on the. I've seen them take those, those breaks when they're, like, playing in South Africa really at the early games in the season yeah. and they're playing in South Africa they're playing in the heat they're playing at the, at the very end the of summer doesn't stop they just have to they do take a they stop play. they do, do take they? a stop oh, okay. in, when right. they're playing in those cool. conditions uh, they in when they play super rugby games in um, Fiji Fiji and Samoa mm. as well so they have a couple on the road games there to try and promote the game in the islands oh, yeah. they'll take hydration so anyway, breaks back to Glendale kicking yeah survive. Glendale <laughs> they, the Raptors looked really good but not much you can say they, they just are <laughs> yeah, one one work on I'd say is again is is the discipline, um, lack of discipline on attack, but really lack of discipline when they're going backwards. And the Raptors haven't had to deal with that very they're much this season. They're all young teams. Like that's such an interesting thing that you know when you look at them compared to another team, they haven't had time to develop discipline as a, as a unit yet. Oh, they need to develop discipline as an individual though, yeah, and it's but it's team culture. Yeah, it well, is. What was that interview we saw the other day about um, going back to basics and, you know, so discipline just needs to be one of those basics. Yep, absolutely. Discipline is as important as catch and pass, uh, for, for sure there. Um, McGee looked great, not only accurate, even when he's kicking out of the sand there. Oh, man, that sand looked brutal. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, ankles, gosh. But, you know, I'm glad they've they've pulled the track up and they're... Then they're not making them play on the track and they're, they're actually... Well, they're turning it into a rugby them. field. Exactly, right? yeah, they're, they're making so, it a rugby field. They're committing to that. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's, that's good. It's the commitment there that, that I'm excited about. Um, and McGee with his, uh, with his second five, Campbell, they look sharp together. They're, like, their combination is clicking. And then um, Campbell went on and uh, scored two tries. Did indeed. So did McGee. McGee scored a try. Uh, along with Kraus and Quill uh, and Finago, Finoglio, Finoglio. <laughs> he definitely has to say it for us. And Fig as well. And then on the Noah Gold side, uh, Joey Sock and Cameron Troxler also scored tries. But unable to kick any conversions. Unable to kick mm. anything at all. So a tough one for Nola. Uh, one would hope that they. One would think they probably had the better of. Uh, of the conditions because they're more acclimatized to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, they say altitude you you just can't acclimatize. So Glendale just sort of has that benefit. Oh no, nobody no else altitude you can, hum humidity you can't. Okay, New Orleans. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, New Orleans. All right, got a rough one there. So, so Seattle's at the top of the pack. Seattle top, but they've got a game extra played, so that is yeah, worth noting. But they're five and one. <laughs> so yeah, but the Raptors are five and zero. Not sure what you think is going to happen there. <laughs> My Cats sitting down the bottom on six points, uh, also with six games played. So they've played. Mm. Yeah. Right. 
tough one. Elite and Utah, the other uh, two teams that are sitting in the top four right now and would make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The Austin Elite and Utah Warriors. Uh, questions about point yeah, differential? Yeah, I was just trying to... I'm just reading your, okay. your score thing and trying to figure out what PD PD means. is points differential, okay. so that's the total number of points they've scored versus the total number that are being scored against them. That is part oh, of what would be used. Some big, there's some big differentials in there. there. I mean, you know, the top two, Glendale and Seattle, have um, 67 and 65 points, but then, you know, you come down to Utah has... A point differential of negative six, and then Pornola. Pornola, that forty, that thirty-seven points uh, today did not help yes. that. But the SaberCats losing like everything. But look at the SaberCats losing right. everything. But they're right. only nineteen points off on their point differential. So, They've only had nine. So their defense must be developing. That must be what's going on there. They're just. I. I think these teams are all just so yeah. close. Yep. And we could see a complete flip of the table next year. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, final predictions. Uh, next week. So next week we final. have... Uh, no, not final section of the podcast. Right. Predictions. So next week we have two games at the same time. I don't oh, know... Come on. When you have a league where there's three games in a weekend, what the heck you're doing playing two games at the exact same time? I have no idea. Like, I'm not sure how fans are supposed to develop a following when that's happening. But so Friday night. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that there is something that they're accounting for that we didn't really know. Something really awful was going on. Or, every or other there's time. other conflicts or something. Sure, but yeah, I mean, it's been really nice to have up. a game on well, each day. But even if you have to have two games on one day, let's not put them at the same time. So um, the Russia game is on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So the Russia game is just before that San Diego game. But what about Sunday? Like, okay, anyway, doesn't matter. So Friday night, Seattle, <laughs> Seattle's at Austin. So, I mean... And Austin are on a roll. They're, I mean, they're, Seattle they're are clearly on a roll as well. Uh, playing in the heat. Yeah. What kind of, I mean, I wonder how much of their following they bring with them. That's that's a huge thing. I mean, that's a, that's a 16th man on the field there that... Uh, that what do they call it? The seawall? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still saying Seattle, of course. What do you... you I'm torn. I think Seattle will probably win, but I... But you're going to cheer for just, Austin and no, think about the underdogs? I could just as easily go for, for Austin on this one, but I think at the end of the day, I will I will fall for Seattle here, but not, All right, and then not definitively. The other game at the same time is, is your Houston Sabercats at, right. at the Glendale Raptors, and that's that warm-up game for the... Uh, for the, the Eagles, for Eagles the, for the uh, weekend. USA-Russia game. Which, I'm su I mean, I thought it was super cool that they were doing the promotions that you can buy uh, tickets together. You can get, uh, for 40 bucks, you can buy a ticket to the Glendale game and the Eagles game. Um, I mean, you're promoting, you're promoting American rugby, and that's what's important. Go to Denver on Saturday. Yeah. And Friday. <laughs> and Friday. Friday, Friday. Yeah. Now, I am picking the Raptors here. Ooh, you're picking the Raptors over But I will be cheering for uh, the Sabercats. I believe the Raptors will win this, but I will be cheering for the for the Sabercats. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm picking Glendale as well, but I thought that you were going to for sure pick Houston because those are your boys. Uh, Sorry, boys. Emotionally invested, but uh, I, I, I think they need some time to pull things together. I also believe that they could win it. 
right, right. that, that any team here could win it. <laughs> that, right. that is a thing that could happen. Then Saturday afternoon, before the Russia game, we got... We got San Diego at NOLA. So, San Diego also comes from a... Hot, but not yeah, humid. Yeah, but they got the whole coastal thing going on, so I don't know, but... So... I am going to say think this, San Diego This is the most interesting game of, of, of the week, I think. I'm going to say San Diego takes that one. I think Nola's going to get up for this one. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Look at that point differential again. Yeah. I... They just had a rough day today, I suppose. That totally skewed that, maybe. Yeah. With two and three and two and four. Yeah, I, I, All so right, so you're picking what I Nola, don't know, I'm picking San Diego. And now, we'll... we, we said there are 18 MLR players out. And I and starting now. And starting now. I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I haven't got the numbers, and I should have the numbers on this, how many of those are from San Diego. And I bet that there are more USA Eagles in San Diego than in any other team because of their location. They're right there by the training camps, and mm. I, I bet. So I bet San Diego are going to be hurting yeah. next weekend. I definitely sticking with NOLA on this one. All right. Okay. Well, that's us, guys. We will see you next week. See you.